why we come to you. That's why we come before you for help, Lord. Help us this morning. We're not, we're not standing strong. We're standing in weakness, Lord, before you, looking up to you. Only you who can save the soul. We look to you this morning to no other. We look to no other place, Lord, but just to you, to you, to you. Come and redeem our time this morning. Help us. Help us to make it count. In the spirit. Open heaven. Release a blessing. Bless our gathering this morning. Send your spirit. Let him descend. He's here already, but he has measures. He has weights. Pour him more over us. Upon us. Lord Jesus. Give us privilege today to touch your ministry. Amen. That our thought will join your thought. Amen. That we will pick up your meditation. Amen. We will have access to the things which you, you care about. Amen. Your cares, your impression, the impressions of, upon your heart. Amen. And it will fall upon ours, oh God. And give us leading, give us guidance in the word and the scriptures. Help us to find the right pasture to, to, to rest upon this morning, to feast upon, to eat, so that our soul will be open, fattened, enriched, blessed by you. Thank you, our Father. Help me, help me, Lord. Break me again afresh. Open my heart afresh again. Open my eyes again. I want to see anew like I've never seen before. Help my heart, Lord, to fellowship with your spirit, the spirit that's bringing forth the ministry to us, that you will help, help me so we can be blessed. Thank you, our Lord. We give all the praise to your holy name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Praise Jesus. Good morning. Thank you. Praise Jesus. Um, okay, let's just read us through the Bible. Um, in uh, Isaiah... Chapter uh, 
Isaiah 55, let's see from verse 1. Glory to Jesus. Who, everyone that testeth, come ye to the waters, and he that had no money, come by, come ye by and eat. Yea, come by wine and milk without money and without price. And wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Why do you, so this is the question, was it, why, do you, why do you spend money for that which is not bread, and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Harking diligently unto me, and eat ye that which is good. And let your soul delight itself in fatness. Incline your ear and come unto me here. And your soul shall live. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you. Even the sure mercies of who? of David. Glory to Jesus. Um, verse 2 said that he should. Wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which satisfieth not? Hearken diligently unto me and eat ye that which is good and, and let your what? Let your soul delight itself in fatness so um, instead of spending for for that which satisfies um, he's saying you should eat eat ye that which is good um, so is he telling you that good is the satisfaction for the soul that what the the measure of um, the the way you you there is something of called satisfaction, right? When it comes to the soul, the the belly of the inward man, uh, he, uh, he can receive satisfaction when he eats the right thing, and. Um, there is different. You know, there's difference between being filled and being satisfied. You can, you can feel in the natural. You can fill yourself with something, and your tummy is full, but it doesn't hit the, right, the the mark of satisfaction. You still feel like you are still dreaming about things that you could have eaten, <laughs> that are not maybe available to you. <laughs> Praise Jesus. Um, but here I said that. Um, labor now, the, 
when they say labor, the, the, the primary purpose of labor, you know, labor is not, a, is not an eternal or everlasting thing. The, the concept of labor is not an everlasting or eternal thing. It's not something that living things that God made, like man, for example, was made to do. It's not part of living. <laughs> it's not the, labor is not the normal part of living. It's, labor came because of the fall, because of something, the defect, that which makes man want, that, that crazy need to labor is because of an absence, a deficiency that brought the whole concept of labor to man. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. You see that? Yes, sir. Uh, so, labor, say that you, so wherefore do you spend money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which is satisfied not? So, the main actual reason for labor is for eating. That's the, the, what labor is for. When you trace it all the way to Genesis, you see that that labor, labor and works are not necessarily the same. Labor, it has this, when you say you're laboring, it's, labor speaks about a kind of effort that is done from a place of deficiency. Labor it actually involves some element of struggle with it. It's that you are not at the optimal place, but you are, you are trying to do what you can. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And so uh, the way labor, you know what the Lord said to Adam in Genesis chapter three, you know, after, the, after he disobeyed, right, he told him that from now on in the, in the sweat of your face will you begin to eat. So it was concerning his eating, right, in Genesis chapter three, Verse 19, he said, in the sweat of thy face shall thou eat bread. I swear, just, it's just telling you, you will labor from now on. You've just, you have, what you have done has brought you into the, the zone of labor. You've, you have, you've taken the path of laboring. Now, you have, you have now become the, the king, you who was, you were the king of the earth. Now you've become a laborer on the earth that you have now, from now on, you are subjected to a life of labor. You must labor. You have to labor. Praise Jesus. So, and this, this thing that you're saying here, we know very well that it has to do with the, the ground and the earth naturally, how the earth yield, will yield to him. Praise God. But it's also very, very metaphorical, even when it comes to spiritual things, that um, in the natural, yes, you labor to feed, to eat. But when it comes to spiritual things, you also, you also labor now. You also labor because you fell below the, you, you fell because you came out of your resting place. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Another word for labor is any kind of work done outside of rest. You know, there are works of rest. But there are also, there are works that are, that are done outside when you are 
fall outside of your rest, you now find labor has to start. Amen. You see that? So even, it's not just physical. It also means that even to be fed spiritually, you must begin to labor as well. Everything, labor, must be involved with everything that you do. In the sweat of your face shall thou eat bread, right? And till thou return to the ground, for out of it was thou taken, for dust, for dust thou art, and unto dust thou shalt what? Thou shalt return. Where did he say, thorns and thistles shall he bring to you? Which verse, verse 18 before that said, thorns and also and thistles shall it bring forth to thee, and thou shalt eat the herb of the field. Um, then verse 19, he said, so what he's telling him is that you, you have fallen below the place where the earth of his own volition will give its best. Right? You don't have the ability anymore to command the best out of the earth. You must, if you want to get something good, if you want to be able to, you know, that's, and that's the, the sort of what the endeavor of the husbandman, the farmer, is to try and let the earth produce something good to me. And you see, he has to do many things. He has to have many devices. He has to employ technology and many things to make the, so that what the earth will yield will be good because the earth's posture is that now what I, what I on my volition want to give you are thorns and thistles. So if you want anything more from me, you must do some things. You have to enter into the, the land of labor and try and do your best. Praise Jesus. So what I want us to see here is this, this thing of labor is, is primarily tied to bread. What he calls bread here means eating. What you, you feed. So what you labor for is eating. What you eat, like Jesus was teaching. The labor not for the, what, the meat that perished. But, but you will labor. But labor for the right meat. Don't labor for the meat that perished, but labor for the meat that will endure to everlasting life. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, let's move it fully into the soul, because that's what the the prophet is speaking concerning. He's looking at the soul, and he's he's calling everyone who thirsts. You know, thirsting and hunger are two different things, right, in in the soul. Um, even physically, what it means to thirst is not the same thing as what it means to hunger. Because the function, when you thirst, you're looking for water. Water cannot do what food should do. You can drink all the water. After some time, your body will still need food. Neither can food do what water needs to do. You can eat and eat without drinking water. You will have a lot of problem. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Uh So same thing when it comes to your soul. The soul needs both food and water. Your soul needs food and and water. Food, what food is to your soul is not the same thing that water is. So if you're looking at the provisions of God, the provisions of God's life, God when God wants to feed you with his life, he, will bring, he has to give you both food and water. 
And those things, are, they mean two different things in the spirit. Means that in the, the feast of God's life, there is, the, there is the bread of God. There is what you call the bread. You can call bread meat. Right? You can call, when you say bread, bread is a type of meat. But not every meat is bread. In the Bible, yeah. Bread is a type of meat. In terms of their language, when they say meat, bread can be included. But sometimes when, when they say meat specifically, they're not just, they're not speaking about bread. They are speaking sometimes about flesh. Uh, praise Jesus. Now, when you look at um, Jesus, when he was teaching about his offerings in the book of, in the New Testament, he spoke about a lot in the book of John concerning, you know, just John 5, you know, he was talking about um, himself. He said, I'm the bread that cometh down from heaven. He spoke about him as bread. He spoke about himself as also a, a source of water, like he was speaking to the woman at the well. Glory to Jesus. I think that was uh, John 4, right? He said that if you knew who it was that was speaking to you, you would have asked me to give you living water. Glory to Jesus. If you knew the gift of God and who it is that said unto thee, give me to drink, that would have, that wouldest have asked of him and he would have given thee what? Living water. So this living water is different from Jesus, the Bible, John 5, I think, called it the living bread. Was it John 5? He called it the living bread. Praise God. So John 6, um, not this one. He said, I'm the bread of life. 6 verse 51, okay, yeah, 51. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Praise Jesus. So the bread, you're seeing Jesus talking about giving living bread. And then in verse 4, spoke about giving living water. So living bread and living water, they are, they are two provisions. There is a meal. You, put, you must put them together. For you to partake of everlasting life, you have to partake of the, both the, the, the living bread and you must partake of the living, you must drink the living water. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, if, let's, leave, let, let's come back to Isaiah quickly. Um, so we won't go into another message entirely, which is very, very possible. Um, amen. It's, uh, I say, everyone that thirsted, come ye into the waters, and, and he that hath no money, come ye, buy and eat. And ye come buy wine and milk without money, and then without price. So when he says, Come, come and buy wine and then buy milk. Buy wine, buy milk. But he said, come to the waters. Right, so you can, it is very clear to you that these waters that you're coming to, there are many things inside the waters. Right, the waters is not just empty water. When you hear living water, is a water that's living, that has a life in it. That life, it constitutes itself in different ways within the waters. Amen. So it's clear that out of that water, you can have wine from that water. You can have milk out of, this water, out of the water. 
as well. The water has its milk. The water has its wine. The, it's clear that the wine of the water is the blood of the water. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Then verse 2 now says, Why do you spend money for that which is not what? Bread. And so the, verse 1 spoke about the water. Verse 2 is the bread. And it says that, And your labor for that which satisfieth not. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Then, Hearken diligently unto me, and then eat ye that which is good. So when you hearken to me, um, what you will eat, or what actually satisfies, what will satisfy the soul, is only good. Do you see that? That's what it's telling you. That anything you do that is not good will not bring satisfaction. You can be full of it. Right? And the soul can be full of many things. There's nothing you can't fill your soul with. You can fill your soul with religion. You can fill your soul with praying. You can fill your soul with works, evangelism. You can fill your soul with glory to God. You can even be full of yourself. Right? Like the devil has some point became full of himself. He was eating himself. Imagine someone just feasting then. He became full of himself and began to speak. Right. So there are many things that you can consume and you'll be, you can feel full but satisfaction has a, um, a quality to it. Satisfaction is not about just eating. It's eating to meet a mark. There's a standard. It's, when you talk of satisfaction, is is you're, you're trying to measure eating to a standard. Have you, have you eaten what is right? Have you f- eaten what is good? <laughs> Do you understand that? Praise Jesus. Now, so this thing about good, here, you know, Jesus also tied it. Um, um, what he calls good is what Jesus himself called it will. He called it meat. Praise Jesus. And he called it will. Was that that same John? Chapter 4. Let's check. John 4, verse 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat, praise God, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. Praise Jesus. That is... My will. Oh, sorry, call it my meat. My meat is, and this is not easy to get to this meat. That was a huge part of his journey on the earth as the Lord was leading him from a young child, locating meat. They were teaching him, hey, throw this away. This is not good. That's not a good thing. Don't eat that one. Right, Isaiah chapter 7 spoke about it. He said, butter and honey shall he eat. Through the, the engagement of eating butter and honey, he will then he will be configured within his soul to learn how to choose what? The good. Isaiah 7, verse 15. Butter and honey shall he eat that he may know to refuse the good, to refuse the evil. And then do what? And choose the good. 
So you see, butter and honey are they are types of meat. They are degrees. They are, uh, there is a level of meat that he will eat. Now, so you can summarize butter and honey as good. You can, but good as food, right? If you, are, if you don't eat good as food, you will not have the ability and the knowledge to refuse to choose good as works. You, there's a, there is a tie between the, what you eat and what you do. What you, what you feast in, right, determines is a, food is a programming that orients the soul. You can never escape living and being what you eat. You, if you are eating wrongly, you will end on being wrong in everything, in your actions, in your decisions, in what you choose, in what you love, in what you like, what you see. There's just, there's just so much about what you feed on and what you become is a law. That's actually the law of life, of living. Check it in the natural. There's, you can almost separate living things by what they eat. They say this is a herbivore. This is a carnivore. You see, these species of animals, they can never eat. If they go and eat this kind of thing, they're in trouble. All right, like an example is, you know, you, are, you eat chocolate and, and finish chocolate. Go and give a dog chocolate. Right, you can end that dog. It's, po- it's actually poison. Do you, do you know that? Something that's very sweet to you and very nice to you. Right, another species can... can his own body might not have any use for it. It can be a poison to another because he has a different life form. Right? You can't separate being from food. Who you want to be should be tied to the kind of things that you eat. Do you know why? Because food is the, food is the building block. Everything you eat, you become. Right? It's very practical. Right? You, want to, you want to have more meat here, eat more meat. Don't eat leaves. <laughs> eat leaves. Leaves can become... <laughs> Glory to God. Do you agree with that? If you eat flesh, flesh will be added to you. When you eat flesh, the flesh will go, it's like you take a flesh, you eat it, it will then go inside your body and then become your flesh. By eating, it will become your own. What you eat is what you will be. That's the law. Do you see that? Praise God. 
So that law is, you can see it play out in the natural. That's just how it is in the spirit. Or when it pertains to your soul, if you are eating a kind of food, that, that kind of food will enter inside your soul and it begins to, to orient you and change you. So you can't separate. So life is manifest, manifest according to the food that is eaten. Praise God. So butter and honey here. Um, is it butter and honey shall he eat? He will eat butter and he will eat honey. Then when he eats that, he will know how to refuse the good. This knowledge is not just idea. This knowledge is, is like a, is a, is a, is a building inside. This knowledge is an, is an edifice. This knowledge is coming from his genes. It's becoming from the, 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 because of that which he ate that was digested by his system. The digestive system is how to make things you eat your own. So you eat something, it will take it, right, and make it part of your body. That's when you digest it, it will lodge it in your, are you understanding? You can take energy, right, from a, take energy from an animal. Let's say you kill a goat. Then you now go into its storage of energy, which are the fatty parts of the goat. That's an inward storage. You take it, you, you collect it from the goat. Then you, you cook it, you boil it, and you eat it. When you eat that thing, what will happen? It can enter your body, and it will get stored in your own body. It's also energy. As, as fat, it's, it's, energy. It's, it's, it's energy in a form. When you are doing something, after a while, your body can start burning it and using it. It belonged to another animal, but you took it. Through your digestion, you made it part of your own. So when you are jumping around, you don't know who's, what energy you are using. You don't know. <laughs> you don't know which animal it was. Some of you are using it. Some of you is from chicken. Chicken, you know, you, you, you killed a chicken and took its own energy, and that's what you're using. <laughs> Praise Jesus. And glory to God. Uh, you see that. So, he, he will know how to refuse the evil and then choose the good. So Jesus in that John chapter 4 was saying, my meat is to, is to do, sorry, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me and, and then to do what? And to finish his work. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to do what? Finish his work. So what is calling meat here is a, is a complete, is a full program. At this point, Jesus, has, Jesus was not a baby anymore. Jesus was not just an ordinary person. He wasn't just a messiah. He was um, he <laughs> was a divine man. So his, um, his own, as a divine person, his own eating is different. You get to a point where you don't spoon feed anymore. A level you get past feeding, being fed. You, after a while, you get to a point where um, you know, if you look at feeding from a, a natural, a baby starts from not knowing anything about its food. 
It's just, it just put milk in its mouth. All it needs to do is open its mouth. And, you know, babies are just, are just born. First day, um, they, they don't even know how to suck. It's not guaranteed that the baby knows how to suck the breast or some kids you have to, when you give them breast when they are just born, they start sleeping. Because that's what they've been doing in the womb. Right? They never suck anything before. They, they just have, a, they have a, a direct route to, you understand what I mean? Their bloodstream, things flow indirectly. So when you give birth to them, mm, why are you stopping my mouth? Don't put something here. You have to help them to, okay, you're supposed to suck this thing so you can stay alive, you know? So now I'm trying to show you that um, there are different levels of eating. So, so they, when a, an infant is just born, they, uh, they eat without any work at all. So a baby can't nev- can never say this. A baby can't say my meat is to do the will. A baby's meat has nothing to do with doing anything. It's just, uh, just get it. <laughs> Praise God. But as the baby is growing, after a while, you start teaching them, okay, take c- c- crackers. Take the crackers. They can eat the crackers by themselves. They are doing some work. They begin to do some, a little bit of work to eat. Right? So as, as growth is increasing, the work associated with eating, it increases. It has to increase. With, that is a law. Of, because why? Because of there's that of that thing about walking. There's a walking with eating, <laughs> tied to eating. Praise Jesus. So a baby can eat crackers after a while. You can't give them some food maybe in a spoon because they will scatter everything. You have to spoon feed them. That's one level. It's still low. But after some time, they can take the spoon and eat. The spoon, that's an advanced level. A little bit. No, it's not advanced. It's just a higher level <laughs> than what they were doing before. But you see, it has to, it has to increase their, their ability to, to you know, the, the proficiency of work in eating will still increase. Let's say when they are, they are children, they can become masters of using all kinds of utensils, knife, fork, Glory to God. Like my daughter Zara now, she has moved to the point where she can use a spoon by herself. She will make a little bit of a mess, but she can use a spoon. But you can't give her fork and knife. She doesn't know how to that operation yet. <laughs> Sometime, after some time, she will grow up into using fork and knife, which is more skill. It takes more work. You have to tear the meat to one side and then pick it up and eat it. Glory to Jesus. So that is, so when she becomes skilled at that, she's a child. She can, she can really take what is given to her and use instrument to feed herself. But there are more levels. After some time, she has to now begin to learn how to prepare the food. Do you understand? Preparing the food. And they are, those are, that one is a, is a curriculum. There are different levels of preparing food, right? There are some of us that never crossed a particular threshold. We just, we just got to a basic point of, what's the basic point? Just boil rice, once you can. 
<laughs> Praise Jesus. You can boil rice, but. <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> Amen. Well, you get the gist of what I'm trying to say to you. A lot of our brothers here, God, God has helped many of you to move from being rice boilers to. <laughs> Amen. That's one thing that single life will do for you. You, you have to learn other things if you want to. If you want satisfaction, if you don't just want to be full all the time <laughs> without being satisfied. Are you seeing that? So you can tell that satisfaction requires some work. To be, get filled, you will need to work a little bit, but it's not the same amount of work to be satisfied. The, when, you, when you are pursuing satisfaction, the work you need to do is more, is more precise, is more yeah. specific. You might have to go, normally you just go to open the cabinet and bring the rice out, but for satisfaction, you might, you might have to go to three different stores. Drive here, pick this one, drive the other one, pick the other one, come here, get the combo, you get the, to attain that satisfaction. The, 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 the work is, is high and precise. There are so many things about it. Even after you gather the ingredient to now make it into the exact thing, skill must come. There has to be skill involved in producing the right taste that you, that you desire, that you want. Glory to Jesus. Glory to God. So, so Jesus said, my meat is to, is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish. So Jesus at this point was a divine man who is speaking. He's not a child anymore. They don't spoon feed him. He knows the, he knows the secret of food in, that, in the level of living of his kind of life. Right? He knows the word the secret of food. He has, why does he know the secret? How does he know the secret? He has been trained. This man who is here is not an ordinary person. He's a young lion. According to the Bible, he's a young what? He's not just an ordinary, any lion. He's a young lion. You know, one of the main the main edge that a young, you know, it seems as if young lion is, is young, is smaller than the old lion, but it's not true. According to the Bible, they put the young lion ahead of the old lion. Praise Jesus. Why, why that? Because of the young lion can, is not, has no limit on getting his food. There are some type of choice food that the old lion can't get anymore. Because he can't, he doesn't have the, he doesn't have the, the input in him of the labor it takes. You know, some of those animals, are, they, can, they know how to, to evade the lion, so, but, but a young lion is equal to the task. It doesn't matter what kind of stride you take, what kind of diversion he knows how to follow you. He can do anything. Glory to Jesus. You understand what I mean? 
Um, so he, so I'm, I want you to see this Jesus who is speaking. This man who is speaking here, he has mastery. One of the things that he has mastery about is food. Food. Say food. Food. When it comes to the, the divine life, he knows where, he knows everything about the table of, the, of God's life, their, their dining room. He knows, and the kitchen of ever, everlasting life, of God's life. He knows everything about that area. You can even tell from the way he speaks, his mastery of words, how he uses words. Do you know that it's, do you know his, 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 his culinary expertise, his culinary beauty is what you see, is what is painted across the Gospels when you read the red letters. Right, all the red letters of the gospel is just the, is his proficiency of his handling of food, meal. Jesus, he doesn't only know how to cook, you know, in culinary, um, you know, <laughs> in the culinary world, you can cook it, a food is very nice and sweet, but you can't get, you might not get all the marks. There's something called presentation. Is a huge aspect. Why did they give marks for presentation? They've checked, they've investigated that presentation has an, a key, something to do with satisfaction. Yeah. The, a, the school of, of the divine, of divine feeding is a, is a big school, is a, is a world of mastery, actually. Do you understand that? And, and, and Jesus had mercy. Nobody was like Jesus. Nobody, no man, as far as I know, had that, the kind of mastery that he had in taking it. We're reading that John chapter 6, this John chapter 5, all, all his words. And he's speak, he can speak about the most profound things. He's speaking about the life of the Father, but the way he, he presents it, he takes it, he packages it properly. There are different levels. The, the nutrient levels are many. Like you take a chef to give you, when a chef wants to give you a meal, he knows how to give you a meal that is balanced. A, a chef can produce a meal that when a child eats it, they will get their own from there. An adult eats it, he can be cooking a very advanced meal, but there will be milk inside. The same meal, there's milk inside, and he has wine somewhere. You can taste the taste of wine inside the, are you getting what I'm trying to say? That's culinary sense. Those, those things can teach you. They have, all of those things came from God's mind. Do you understand? Now? Who do you think inspire men to, you know, to those things? It's, it's, it came from somewhere. It's like God. You know, God is funny. The way he normally cooks, he likes to see men cooking that way. He will give them inspiration. Okay. Take that, see that leaf, that particular leaf. Try it, mix it inside, grind it. You know, you don't think God can be like that, but I mean, I know, I know somewhere it can be like that. When you are cooking, he can be in your kitchen watching how you are cooking, and he's, he's, he's checking your skill and seeing ah. <laughs> you don't believe me. See, let me tell you something. You know where to, if you're looking for God, where, where you see God um, sometimes manifests are those, those fields that, that where a lot of 
where, they op- where a lot of things are open to inspiration. Yes. You know, there are some things that are more, things that tend to be more artistic in nature, where the, the, who is doing it relies a lot on, you know, insight, on fresh, uh-huh. you see, those places are, riches, are rich with impressions of God. Because where men tap into to get such things are from the, 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 the light that God made from the beginning. You see that light that he brought into from himself. He called to comfort, right, out of darkness. Amen. That it, it's a light that was, you know, he, he looked at that light and said, it is good. He checked it, he saw it is good. Inside that light, many, 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 many things. Is it, the light just journeyed from eternal, from eternity, and landed in the the present. In that, you know, it was it's actually an it was an everlasting light of some sort at the beginning. Praise God! Hallelujah. And if you open, when you open that light, what the things that are there, the things. Someone when you see Messi doing his leg like this, somehow some of some things from that light might be inside that light, that thing. <laughs> Are you, do you understand me? Different arrays of skills, different kinds of, you know, in different fields of the world. That light that came was pregnant with plenty things. Many things. Many, 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 many things. Man has nothing of himself. There's nothing that you... No, no, I feel like I'm a good footballer. You know, it, it runs in our family. It's not that thing. Glory to God. <laughs> Praise Jesus. <laughs> Amen. You understand what I'm saying? Um, so, so, you, so you see Jesus' own skill of 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 bringing forth food. His skill around the feeding of souls. It came with so much, including the presentation, the carriage, the packaging. You know, packaging is another important aspect of it. Glory to God. That Jesus has. That my meat is to do the will of him that, what, that sent me and then to, to finish the work. So in that, in that land, that world of everlasting life, um, when they are, they are speaking concerning the works, what I'm trying to show you is that a huge part of the, the work curriculum in everlasting life is the work of feeding. The work of eating, knowing how to eat in that world is not the same way you eat Christ, that you eat God. It's not the same means of eating. It's not the same way of eating. It's, uh, there, is a, there is a kind of labor, back to Isaiah, let's see. Isaiah 55, thank you, Lord Jesus. Lord. Glory to God. He says, wherefore um, do you spend money for that which is not bread and your, your labor for that which what satisfieth not. Harking diligently unto me and, and eat ye that which is what? Which is good. And then if you eat that which is good through Hearkening unto me, what will happen? Your soul will then delight itself in fatness. So, how to eat in this place 
is by hearkening diligently. A hearkening word? Diligently. Diligently. Hearkening diligently is a walk. Is a walk, is a labor, is a kind of labor. Hmm? How to hearken diligently is the the labor, you know, the Bible speaks about laboring to enter into rest in the book of Hebrews. A huge part of the labor for resting. And why must you labor to enter rest? It's simple, like I said before, that what you have to define labor of, of that which is work that is done outside of rest. Right? Like when Adam left his resting place, God said, Is not, you see, this ground thing is not, I'm not even, it's not even just, I just don't want to, it's not about me being wicked to you. It's just that the ground is caused for your sake. It's for your sake. It's because of your position that has, that you being outside of rest necessitates the ground to react a certain way. Because that coming outside of rest, my, my rest is a, um, what you call rest. Say rest. Rest. Rest spiritually, spiritually, is a place, is a, is a position in the spirit. It's a position where the, being, the beings who are, who are present in rest, in the place of rest, there is a providential, superseding sort of, I'll call it power, authority that governs creatures. Um, a property of rest, how you know that a place has that, you know, rest is a kind of quality. It's a secret quality. It's very expensive. Yes, sir. It's not common. You can't just find rest. <laughs> Jesus said, come unto me. All, of you, all you who labor, you are all laborers, you are heavy laden. Come to me, I will give you rest. Rest is not, um, rest has been absent from the entire world. No man had rest on the earth. Jesus came. Jesus, well, that was what Jesus actually came to do. To came as a man and they gave him the task. Can you journey into rest? Help men find rest for their souls. It was a, the task of Jesus. They gave him on the earth and they, they gave him decades to do it. Can you move and find the path of rest? Can you find, because man has journeyed and man came out from rest. Man kept journeying away. And so what Jesus came to, came to do was repairing journeys that man has taken. For That's why you don't play with Jesus. Jesus, glory to Jesus. Imagine, imagine a man in one generation, having inventing the answer to the desolation of many generations. 
he raised a patent in the spirit. When you check that patent, is a work, is an invention. How to how how can all men trace their steps back? Imagine such a man. Imagine such such a thing. How can men trace their way back to rest? And of course, the rest that Jesus gives you is not even the, the rest of the present. Jesus actually came and he is able to, to bring the soul into a higher rest. Jesus can bring your soul into a rest that Adam never knew. It's a higher rest. The rest actually that he's selling is a higher rest. <laughs> Glory to Jesus. That, the rest that Jesus wants to give to the soul is not just ordinary. It's, um, it's, an, eternal, it's an eternal rest. It's, um, that's why the Bible calls him, they call him, in the book of Hebrews, he's called the high priest of good things to come the high priest of good things to come. He's not just the, the high priest of good things in the present, or when I'm saying present, I mean in the, in the, in the not present in terms of time as today. When I say, I say present, I mean present world. Uh-huh. So there's a present world which had its own standard of good, which you could have you found in Eden. Do you agree with me that Eden was a land of good? Land of good things. It was a land of good. It was a land of a kind of rest which man had. Praise God. But Jesus is called a high priest of good things to come. Um, that the, those good things to come are things that are higher than the not just the rest of, of the present, there was a rest of the earth, which was in Eden of the earth, which is actually completely gone. That one, God has demarcated it and closed it off. Praise God. Hallelujah. But while the rest of earth, the, the garden of earth, the place of rest, was removed from man's reach, there was still a rest in heaven that remained. And that rest of heaven is still there, the place of rest in heaven is still there. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. That place of rest in heaven, that's where the, that is where the, the law came from. Glory to God. And the law is called, they call it the shadow. Shadow of what? Of good things. Let's just see Hebrews a little bit. Amen. Is that okay? Mercy. Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10, verse, verse 
verse 1, right? He said that the law, the law having a what? A shadow of what? Of good things to come. And not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices. So those sacrifices, you have to go back to um, the previous chapter. That was where they spoke about the, the sacrifices of the law. Do you agree? Then he says that can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make what the commas thereunto what perfect. Now it says for then would they not have ceased would they not have ceased to be offered? Because that the worshippers once purged should have what no more conscience of sins. But in those sacrifices, there is a remembrance again made of sins every year, for it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. See, wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he said, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou prepared for me, said in bond offerings and sacrifices for sin, thou hast no pleasure. But then said I, lo, I come in the what? In, in the volume of the book to do what? Thy will, O God. Now, what will is that? Verse 10, it says, by the, by the which will. Verse 9 said, then the Lord, he said, Lord, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish the second. Verse 10, by the which will we are sanctified. So it's not, Lord, I come in the volume of, thy, of the book to do thy will. That wasn't Jesus' own, you know. This will is what he was speaking concerning in John chapter 4, when he said, my meat is to do the will of who? Of him that sent me. Praise God. And so this will, it's clear, I've explained to you that if that is his, his if the will is his meat, if the will is his meat, then it means that the will must have become his body. Right? If it's his meat, it, it must have become his body. When he said, Lord, I come, a body has thou sacrifices and all that. Thou, thou wouldest not, but a body has thou prepared for me. Praise Jesus. And he said, Lord, I come in the volume of thy will, O God. Verse, that's verse 9. He take it away the first, that he may establish the second. By the which will we are sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once and for Oh, praise God. Now, you see that this taking away the first and establishing the second, what what do they mean by that? He taketh away the first. He's taking away the first to establish. First what? Second what? Second what? 
First word, second word, what is it that they took away? Can anybody try, please, just, I want to see if anybody has the sense. Okay, I can, okay. Yes, sir. Hello? <laughs> so, would the first be, take away the first, so like Adam, which was first, then second, Jesus Christ, which is okay. who we are under now. Okay. I understand you're thinking of the first man, Adam, and all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. I applaud your effort yes, for connecting that scripture, because that's how you answer question with the scripture. But, but here, that's not exactly what they're, mm -hmm. they're speaking about. In, yes, thank you. Um, Daniel, praise God. Um, coming from what you were explaining earlier, yes, could it be um, taking away the first rest okay. and estab establishing that rest, which the one which is to come? Taking away the first rest yeah. and establishing the second rest. The second rest, which is to come. Okay. Amen. Or, um, <laughs> that's not, what you said is correct. Of course, it's part of the program to remove that and, and introduce another rest, that, that which is remained. So they remained, therefore, a rest for the children of God. But that's not the specific, Shaun, sorry, um, reference here. Yeah, also picking, up, picking it up from what you said. Yes. I'm thinking maybe the first is the law. Okay. Um, like the initial bread mm. to establish um, a different law covenant. Like a different covenant. Yeah. Praise God. You've gotten close. Praise, okay, because of time, amen, you brought it closer, thank you, to the answer now. When they say, he took, taking away the first to establish the second, what they, are, what they are replacing there is, is the, is to, is replacing the, they are, they are changing the diet plan. Do you get? It's actually it's the changing of the meat. Glory to God. It's the... Now, the, one of the, the main goals, one of the main goals of the, the, what they call the law, when you look at the law, then the law established within the law is the establishment of a priesthood. Yes. That's the core. You can't talk about the law without the priesthood. That's the main thing the law came to establish. And at the core of the, when you talk about the priesthood, the priesthood has to do with the priestly house and the priestly ordinances. Did you see that? When you look at the priestly house and the ordinances and summarize them, what is it all about? It's all about the, it's about testing meat. 
What is the temple or the tabernacle is a house that receives meat. Yes. What you call sacrifices. Those are sac- and who do they, do they collect sacrifice from? Is from men. Check it. Every sacrifice, everything that amounts to a sacrifice or an offering of the tabernacle or the temple must be things that men eat. It must be. You can't bring your cloth. You can't bring your shoe. You can't bring your earring. <laughs> to the altar. It has to be out of what you eat. Now, why is that? Why, why, is God, why did God choose what the, the kind of things that he would take to be, for the, that the temple would take to be the food? It, it's, it tells you so many things that a man's sin is tied to what he's eating. Yes, sir. Do you agree? Yes, so what you offer for your sins, I'll go and bring from what you, go and bring what you eat. Go and bring it, put it down here. So it tells you that what men eat are their standard. Your food is yours. That's why they will beg you, don't eat junk. What you eat, you are going to become. When you see something that's not good and you say, and you eat it, what you're saying is that I need to become you. You are my destination. You are my standard. You are my standard. You are what I, I, I want to become. That's another, another definition for food. Food means your standard. Food means your target. Do you get the sense of what I'm telling you? <laughs> don't eat anything you don't want to be. All right? Don't eat anything you don't want. That's why you say, don't, let your heart be established with grace. Not with meat that hasn't profited those who have been occupied by them. You see guys who have been eating something and you check their lives. If you don't want to be like them, don't eat what they are eating. That should be the number one litmus test to listen to anybody is check who they are. Just know that if you listen to them for some time, what, who they are is what you are going to be. So just ask yourself first. <laughs> that. What you are eating. <laughs> Do you understand what I mean? Praise Jesus. So food, food is a standard. So what was the law? The law is simple. The law was just um, what, what they offer for, what they offer at the tabernacle or at the temple are is, it symbolizes something. It symbolizes what they are, what they want to, what they want to be. 
right, what has been put before them. The life that has been explained to them and given to them as a standard, right? Of course, physically, those animals are what, what they do with their body when they eat, you know, everything, they eat the animals, all the animals, right? That, you know, there are some animals that God said don't eat. He God put standard around eating. Right? He said you can't eat everything. Don't eat swine. Praise God. Then you see, out of the standard of what they can eat, he picked the best and said, you see those best thing, ones, out of them, they are the things which you offer as meat. Yes, means the best out of what you eat, that means actually the standard. Yes, it symbolized the standard of their life. Yes, that, was, that was a symbol of, their, of what they offer to the temple. And that's what God, God receives. God, God says, you, you, you are a sinner, you, you fail. So, I can't receive you. Bring something else. Bring the symbol of the standard. Bring, the, bring an offering of what you aspire to, to be. It's a kind of sense. It didn't just start from the time of the temple. That thing of offering, being meat. From Genesis is when we saw it. How did they, where did the sense of offering food come from? Why didn't Cain take his bicycle or take something else, his wristwatch? I don't know. I'm saying wristwatch because I know that. I don't know what they used then. I don't know the things. If you show me like that, a man of that time, I don't know what his properties will, will be. So what would be dearest to his heart? It may be his house. Why not burn his house to God and say, God, I'm sacrificing my house to you or something. No. Where did the sense of, of sacrifice being what you eat? One offered the, from, from the, his flock. The other one offered from the food, from the produce. That's the sense of sacrifice. Sacrifice is food. It's like giving God food, almost. But it's not really giving God food. The... the Giving the aspect of giving God food is the sense behind it, but of course they can't fulfill that because God cannot. He doesn't eat cattle. He doesn't eat all of that. He doesn't eat yams and all those things. But it, the sense of it is what they are fulfilling. That this is actually what, what men is supposed, are supposed to do. They are supposed to be an offering unto God. Praise Jesus. Um, so that, that offering, when he spoke about receiving, remo- removing the first, said, Lo, and then he said, Lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first that he may establish. He's speaking about that in context of offering to God. Let's, see, let's go back again. Um, from, let's read from verse 4. It says, For it's not possible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sins. Wherefore, when he cometh into the world, he saith, Sacrifice and offering thou wouldest not, but a body as thou prepared for me. 
in burnt offering and sacrifice for sins, thou hast no pleasure. But then said I, Lo, I come in the volume of the book, it is written of me to do thy will. Above when he said, sacrifice and offering and burnt offerings and offering for sin, thou wouldest not, neither hast thou pleasure therein, which are offered by the law. Then said he, lo, I come to do thy will, O God. He taketh away the first, that he may establish the second. So it's clear then that the, what he calls the first here is the first order of things given to God in terms of sacrifices that then he may establish the second. The second is he who has come, praise Jesus, to constitute himself a sacrifice. Right? That sacrifice, he said, but a body as thou prepared for me. Verse 5, wherefore when he cometh into the world, he said, sacrifice and offerings thou wouldest not, but a body hast thou Prepared. So that body here is now is meant to be the meat for God in place of sacrifices and the other sacrifices. Instead, let's change it. Let's take away the first and then bring in the second. Right? Then the secret, how do they raise the body? which they are bringing in as a sacrifice is by what? When Jesus was telling you that my meat is to do, you know, the, the will of the Father, why must that be my meat? Because I'm not here just for anything. I'm here to become a sacrifice. And at the end of the day, when they, I'm presented as sacrifice, who I will be is what I ate. Praise Jesus. Who has that one? Do you have it or does somebody else? I need to be asking. Amen. Okay, go ahead. Kapatashivati. Aprostava Mario Stagali Praha Tevelosta Akaste Vamate Brahusa Kalita Bambalante Lishto Brata Galasta Praha Segata Valiboshta Brahata Meriostiva Likrosta Brahata Ligrenta Labadadoso Palia Grata Lebenosta Vratete Mikete Emiostopaniasta Bra Sentali Evantenia Namosto Brakatalia Labosto prate lebedosta, a livra mata, a liostobra, a liostobra, a castubra, a lemos to show you, I've come to show you, a lemos to fun to show you an order of sacrifice that is acceptable to God, the life acceptable to God, a costubra hat, a even I, 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 Jesus, I'm come to show you, to show you the order of sacrifice. I walk this earth to show you how to offer to God that which is acceptable 
acceptable to God. That which is acceptable to God. And even as I was made a sacrifice, that you may be made a sacrifice after my pattern, after my order, for this is that which is acceptable and which can stand in the presence and can be acceptable to God. It is the order of sacrifice. And I've poured it out for you, my bread, my bread, my bread, my meat, my flesh, my blood. I pour it out that you may come into my level and my order of sacrifice, acceptable to the Father. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was, what was he doing? He was busy eating that because he knows the secret. He knows that God, God is, has come to a point where he's, he's really, he wants to receive the actual, he wants to, he wants to fulfill the, 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 the dream of his mind. You know, you know one, of the, 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 one of the things he will be doing eternally is eating and drinking. That, that's one thing that will never cease. Do you know that? You see that eternal throne? When, when everyone, those who, who arrive at the throne, one thing they will be doing constantly that will never end is continuous eating and, and drinking. Eating and drinking. Eating and drinking. Eating and drinking. It's like an everlasting feast that will never stop. Praise God. Hallelujah. That feast is the, is what, it will not involve labor. It will be a, a feast of them that have entered into rest. Who have labor to enter. They, to labor to enter rest, you, must, you will eat yourself into rest. Which for, when I say eat yourself, I mean that for each, each, each advancement, uh, the, the, the quali- quality of feasting will be different. At each level, at each place, the quality of what? Of, of eating will be different. Praise Jesus. What God wants man, God wants to develop man into a, is a kind of proficiency. Is a place of proficiency. You know, you eat and eat. You labor to eat to become. You labor to eat to become. You labor to eat to become. You understand that? <laughs> it's the reason why you keep doing that is to, is to arrive at the, the banquet of rest. The, the, when, you are, when they are eating and feasting in the fathers, in the, in the kingdom of God, I'm talking about the eternal feast. That feast, the way they eat, the purpose of eating there is different from the way you, from the eating to get there. Because uh, at that point, it's eating without labor. It's eating in rest. The purpose of eating changes. Every, everything there, all the, the feast of that point is for, is feeding for enjoyment. It's about, it's about eternal enjoyment. Because all the beans there are beans of fullness. 
They are, they are beings of joy world. A, actually, everything about that feast is gladness. Uh, it's not eating for... No, you know that even in our own, we have that type of sense. Praise God. When you go for, the, when you go for some kind of dinner from functions, you're not going there to eat because you're hungry. I just say that carefully, eh? because <laughs> beans are different. Eh? It's not for, you see what I'm saying, that when you just, ah, I'm hungry, open the fridge, take and eat. That's different from the, the prepared feast for the purpose of fellowship, for, for the sharing of joys. You know what I mean? That you can, there's a kind of, of feast that the main goal is not really being full. It's not about, it's not about you are hungry. It's not because of that. It's, it's for, there is something about eating. That's why Jesus was constantly eating with his disciples. It's for, the table has power for, to drive communion and to drive fellowship. And when you come to church and we share Holy Communion, it's not because you are hungry. The concept of communion is not to satisfy hunger, even though the Corinthian church changed the, they wrote the program. Praise <laughs> God. <laughs> but you get another sense. Are you, sure, are you seeing the sense of Jesus had to drop that as a, let's keep that in the church as a ritual, to keep doing it, to know that one day this thing will be complete, that you will move into a complete zone where of eating and drinking that is, just, is purely for the purpose of communion and for the, for the sharing of, of life. Glory to God, that's the, it's the, it's the feast of rest, the eating of rest. It's the place of eternal enjoyment. Glory to God. So it's very clear that everybody, when you get into that place, you must, have, you must arrive there with stature, uh, right? That you must have eaten and eaten until you become a meat yourself. You become a what? A meat that can be eaten too. The reason why you give sacrifice is to become a sacrifice. Do you agree with me? Praise Jesus. To get to this level of eating that Jesus was at in John chapter 4, you must climb the, you must graduate from, from altar to altar. You must make a graduation. 
from altar. What altar are you climbing? You are all climbing. Each altar is, an, is a demarcation of wheels. According to Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1. That I beseech you therefore, brethren, that by the mercies of God that you, you present your, your bodies as what? As a living sacrifice. Holy and acceptable. Now let's, let's read that. Hebrews chapter 12. Wherefore seen we all, sorry. <laughs> Romans, sorry, we're not Hebrews. Why did I say Hebrews? Romans chapter 12. <clears throat> it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. So this is telling you, this is something that you must aim to do. So there is a place in the spirit where God postures himself to collect sacrifice. Do you see? That is actually the, the, that position of collecting of sacrifice by God. Amen. Is the... Is the, the the final sacrifice is the place of is the is the graduation of the school of God's life of everlasting life when you are how you graduate from that school is by is by is God tasting or God receiving a sacrifice. That place is where the lamb is leading you to. Amen. Lamb is, is leading there. That's where he arrived at. Right, he arrived at as a, as a lamb. That was where he was get, going to when you caught that John chapter 4 conversation. When he was talking about his meat. Which he was doing to, is for, to, for to present that body of Hebrews chapter 10. Right, to finish, to present that second to God to tell, hey God, we have the, the sacrifice has changed. That was one thing that it was a remarkable moment in the spirit when they were able to take away the first and to do what? And to bring the second. Remove the first. When, they, when he, was, he was going up to, for that day of offering, you know, they, he, had, he passed through heaven. He, he he made his blood pass through heaven. Why do you bring his blood through heaven? Let heaven taste another kind of sacrifice. You've been tasting all kinds of things before, but you've never, have you sampled this kind of blood? So imagine a blood, it, <laughs> praise Jesus. He wasn't an ordinary kind of person. Heaven had never seen such a being before. All of heaven, you know, heaven is a place, it's a world of sacrifice. Those who sacrifice, they are angels. That's where angels do their own sacrifice, not like the law. So, and those angels, they are skilled at offering. They don't offer bulls and goats. They are creatures themselves. At the very height of heaven, it's just the beings of, it's just the world, the world of, of creatures, right, who... And of course, you have angels in the third heaven, we call angels, who are spirits. 
but they are cadres of angels who they call creatures. Right? They call them the living creatures. That word living creatures are living sacrifices. There is none of those creatures who is not a sacrifice, who is not, is, is they are perpetual sacrifices. They, they stay living in a dead form. What it means that they, they, they stay, why they are living is that they are perpetually sacrificed. They stay sacrificed. That's how, that's their life. So the life they live in is a sacrificed life. When you, when you see a living creature is a sacrificed creature, it's a sacrifice to God. They are the ones who God rides upon, who carries his throne. They are the only ones qualified to carry his throne. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Praise God. Amen. So, um, so in, this, in the spirit, but those, those, those creatures, they are still not as good as Jesus. He's, a, he's different completely. His own is different. His own way of sacrificing was how, you, how, how did he raise the quality of his being? How was the quality of the, of the being raised? Is where did he get food from? Do you get what I'm saying? He wasn't, it's clear he wasn't eating the food of angels. He wasn't eating angels' own will. Yes. God the Father was giving him something different. It's a, it's a, it's a special kind of will that, that they were giving to him. He became better. He became, they called him the high priest of good things to come. It means that he was doing the will of a world that hasn't come. <laughs> the will of a world to come. That's what Jesus was doing. So what are, the, the, what are those things to come which Jesus was doing? They are the, it's, it's, it's the will that the heaven is a shadow of. Do you get that? This present heaven Having what it uh, Romans chapter, let's see 10 verse 1 quickly. If you can, Hebrews, sorry, Hebrews. Okay, I'll just read it <laughs> because I tend to be faster. 10 verse 1 for the law, yes, the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of those things, kind of with those sacrifices which they offer here. So, where and where did the law get the shadow from? The law got the shadow from, from heaven which is just a, a type and a shadow of it. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, so Jesus um, was offered up. He offered himself to God as the first man. Is the first, is that first lamb which was slain, which we see in the book of Revelation. Amen. Amen. But he was led to the slaughter but he's also a leader of men. He, and he leads men according to his path. Right? That, the lamb which you see in the book of Revelation, who has men. You see, he also redeem men who are, sorry, bring men who are redeemed from the earth. Glory to God. And the reason he wants to take them to the path of his own, where he was slain himself. But you can't take them there first without what? How do you get there? You must feed them and lead them. That's chapter 7 of Revelation. You know, the first of all, show the multitude. Many of them, which no man could number, of every tribe 
and sorry, they showed the, the, the ceiling of the servants first. Then later he said, behold, I saw a multitude which no man could number. That's Revelation 7 verse 9. Of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands. Verse 10. He says, and cried with a loud voice saying, salvation to our God which seated upon the throne and unto the Lamb. Glory to God. Now, you see, for, to sit on this throne, let me just say this, is what makes you sit on the throne is the offering of sacrifice. How do I know? The image of the Lamb on the throne is slain. Right? The image of the Lamb of, on the throne that you see sitting. There's nobody who, nobody who will sit there without having been slain. Yeah. You will just all be, been, have been slain. You must, you must have been slain for you to sit on the throne. So that will tell you that the throne here is not just an everlasting throne. It's actually an eternal throne. Who, those people who have fulfilled the cause of everlasting life to be made a living sacrifice. Right, that's a, a, a particular sacrifice of God. Yes. So, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father. Glory to God. Okay, let's hear the interpretation. To soul, every cost to soul, melios to soul, a can to me save the soul. Can you save the soul? I've come to save the soul by the doing of will. The doing of will, lay your wills. I want to slay your will. Come to my will, come to my will. I want to change will. I want to change will. Lay your will, lay your will down, lay your will down. Order like I da coste brateliva, ma coste ba my meat, my meat, my meat, my will, my meat, my will is the preparation for to be a sacrifice that can be acceptable. It is by my will, it is by my will, it is by my will, it is my will, it is my will, it is my will, my will is the food for the living sacrifice. For to be a living sacrifice, the living sacrifice. It is by my will. It is by my will. Lay down your will and carry my will. Carry my will for that is my meat and that is how I raise the living sacrifice. It is by doing my will. It is by doing my will. It is by doing my will. For even the present heaven and the living creatures are a typification for how you ought to do my will. They are a typification for how you ought to carry my 
my will. For you have to come to the point where you say by yourself you can do nothing. But like I, Jesus said, as I see my father do the same thing I do. For it is him that doeth the work. That is how you ought to live. It is that your will is let it go and you take up another will, which is the will of a living sacrifice. It is the life of a living sacrifice. It is the heartbeat of the living sacrifice. My will is their heartbeat. My will is their blood. My will is the running of their soul and their life. That is the life of the living sacrifice. It is the fuel of the life is my will. It is my will, says the Spirit of the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Um, amen. Okay, so this revelation is saying that, um, okay, and cried with a loud voice, verse 10, saying, Salvation to our God, which seated upon the throne and unto the Lamb. So they are just telling you these are the saved beings. They are the emblem of salvation. They are the standard of salvation. I love this. Of our God and the Lamb. It means that the Lamb has joined him. That the Lamb, through the passage of sacrifice, it, you know, when it comes to salvation measure, standard, salvation pedigree and status, through the passage through of sacrificing through sacrifice, they're able to join the lamb to, to God. You see, they said, I mean, God and the lamb, God and the lamb. You see, all through the revelation, they started mentioning them together. Why? Because of the lamb, amen. amen. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Um, passed through that door of sacrifice. So, verse, now, verse 11, quickly. And unto the Lamb, and all the angels stood around and about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces. And they did what? They worshipped. So these are all the angels of heaven. All of them. They can't, they are, they, they look at a class ahead of them. Right? They see what they are looking at, at are better beings than them. They are beings of another world. Another dispensation. Who are, they, these beings are saved beyond heaven. Glory to Jesus. All these, these angels, they know enough to tell that their heavens is not fully saved. That's why when it comes to matters of salvation, even angels desire to look into it, they are still concerned about their, the present their heaven which is given unto them. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Hebrews chapter 2, we spoke about so great salvation. That you must give the more earnest heed to the things which we have heard. Let we let them what? Sleep away. For if the word spoken by angels was steadfast, and every one disobedience received, every transgression and disobedience received a just recompense of reward. Verse 3. That how shall we escape if we neglect so great salvation, which at the first began to be spoken by the Lord, and was then what? Confirmed unto us by them that heard him. Verse 4. God also bearing them witness, both with signs and wonders, and with diverse miracles, and 
and gifts of the Holy Ghost according to his own will. Verse 5. For unto the angels had he not put in subjection the world to come, whereof we speak. You see, this world to come, whereof we speak, the speech of this world is what you call the speech of so great a salvation. So great, so great. Can you see the greatness of it? This world, the, 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 the lie of this world would diminish this, this thing. This, it would just seem like nothing to you. Like, ah, what does it mean in this world? Everything here just looks like it's necessary. This one doesn't look necessary, but it's so great a salvation. And he said that you have to give the most, the more earnest heed to it. Praise Jesus. So these angels, they know that, they know that these, these beings, God and the Lamb, they have the salvation that belongs to a world that is not put in their subjection. Angels know this thing. Which, who are angels? They are angels who are from a better world than our own. The world that is seducing us and lying to us and we are comfortable with that makes us put aside and, you know, just treat with disdain the, the world to come. If you know, say, that which angels desire to look into. Praise Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. So this, um, quickly, go back to that revelation. Let's just do it quickly. Um, in Revelation chapter 7, Thank you, Jesus. He says, uh, go back. Um, okay, the angels stood around about the throne and, the, and about the, the elders and four beasts and fell before the throne on their faces. And they did what? They worshiped God. Verse 12. And say, they were saying, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God for what? Ever and ever. Amen. Verse 13. And one of the elders answered, saying unto me, What are these which are arrayed in white robes? And whence came they? And I said unto him, Sir, thou knowest. He said to me, These are they which came out of great tribulation. And I washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They, they came out of where? Great tribulation. Then they washed their robes and they made their robe white inside his blood. They, they washed their robes, their robes are now white. You know, but you know that when you, your robe becomes white, you've just started. That is just the first thing the blood will do for you is to make your robe white. You see that? But there's still something to take. It's a huge journey to take. Glory to God, verse 15. And therefore are they before the throne of God, and seven day and night in his temple. And he that seated on the throne shall do what? Dwell among them. Verse 16. They shall hunger no more, neither what? Thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. And... Um, for the lamb which is in the midst. So you see the reason why they will not hunger and thirst anymore is because the lamb which is in the midst of the throne will feed them and shall lead them unto living fountain of waters. And God shall then do what? Wipe away 
So when I say they will, they will not hunger or thirst anymore. Let's go back. They shall no more hunger. They shall no more. They shall hunger no more. Neither thirst anymore. Neither shall the sun light on them. That what they shall is telling what will happen to them. This is, they will come to a state. This is a particular state in the spirit where they hunger no more. Now let me tell you something. When you are in God, you hunger no more. When you are in God, you test no more. It doesn't mean you stop eating. You're sweet. You're not there because you are. You're not eating because you are hungry. There's another kind of feasting that goes on at that point. Praise God. See, God wants to get the soul to a point where you hunger. All these beings here, when they are, by this time, you know, Jesus said it in the book of John chapter 4. He said, if I give you this water, this water he wants to lead them into, he said that it shall be in you a well that will spring up into there. So they are not just, they can't be thirsty. They are quenchers of thirst. Do you see that? They are, they become quenchers of thirst. Their soul, imagine God will configure his soul to become a quencher of thirst. A soul from where water flows from. So you that believe, wait on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow forth what rivers of living waters. That's the vision God has for you. Praise God. They shall hunger no more, neither shall they thirst. This will happen, but why will it happen? Verse, let's go to verse 17. It's because the lamb which is in the midst of the throne. Now let's see what he will do. This thing is off. The lamb in the midst of the throne shall feed them. Shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall then what? Wipe away all tears from their eyes. Now, there's something that you, you have to know. The, well, this living fountain of waters comes after being fed and being led. In the, in the journey in the spirit, drinking is higher than eating. Drinking is what? Drinking is higher than, is very, is higher. In fact, you have to drink, eat so you can drink. The truth is that it is it's, it's eating that causes thirst. This thirst. This water, anybody who thirsts for this water, for you to really have a genuine thirst for this water, it is the food that really produces. The, that's the thirst for living water. Living water is, um, living water, water is not, is not, is not eating. Water is not precepts. Water is, water is the life, right? Water is the, water is the, is the stream of the life. 
Right? As he said, if he gives you the water, it will be in you or uh, first a well that springs. And it went to a well that will spring up even into everlasting life. That's how everlasting life in the soul emerges. It emerges as a well that is springing. A well that is springing as a result of, of contact with waters. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? Praise Jesus. So the waters um, here are, you're, you must eat to, to drink. That's the law in the spirit. You, you must eat to do what? To drink. You must eat to drink. Eating is the qualification for drinking. It's eating. It's not drinking and eating. It's eating and drinking. You eat and then drink. Praise Jesus. What uh, the, 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 the bread of life, everlasting life, is not the same as the waters of everlasting life. Right? The, the water of everlasting life is the water is the is the spirit of the life. Do you get that? The bread is the meat, is the food of the life. So you see, and that bread, you, you break the bread down, right? One of the ways the bread manifests are in precepts, uh, right? Bread, one of, so one of the main things you labor for is precepts. You must labor to get precepts. And precepts are spiritual. Precepts are not, it's not just having uh, knowing Bible. Precepts uh, is spiritual. It's a, spirit, it's a spiritual meat. But when a soul is loaded with precepts, which is you are loaded with meat, you are, you are filled and full with that living bread. It, you begin to thirst for living water. Do you understand that? You thirst for living waters. The, the asking will change. Why? Because the precept has taught you to know the gift of God. Right. If thou knowest the gift of God, then you will begin to ask. You will ask for water. But those people, when you see a soul who is thirsty, the, the thirsty soul is not ordinary in the spirit. A thirsty soul, a soul who is thirsty, that thirst, a thir- thirst has a great, it's a pedigree. It's actually a status to thirst. When you, someone, this person now thirsts, it means that they have been, they are, they've, they've gone through the school of precept. They are loaded with food. All right? A person who is thirsty is somebody who is loaded with, with precepts. The, the, pre, the, 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 the precept is, creates a thirstiness yes, for the life. The life which the precept talks about. Their soul longs for it. You, but you can't get to this thirst, being thirsty if you don't find bread. It starts with labor. You must labor for this bread. Glory to Jesus. Hallelujah. 
um, the, the lamb, but you see the lamb is the giver. This lamb here, he said, which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto what? Living fountains of waters. And then God will wipe away what? Every tears from their eye. Now, this lamb here, who's going to lead them, is the same lamb you see in chapter five. You saw in chapter five of Revelation. When they showed him, let's see that. Praise God. You see the, the dealing, what the lamb would do. I'll show you something that the lamb is, is ministry. Say ministry. ministry. The ministry of the lamb is the, is the wiping of tears. Is the, that's just, just the ministry. When you read the Bible, you see it there. It's the removal of tears. What removes, what, what makes tears go away is joy. Joy that replaces sorrow. It, it, the, the lamb leads, is the one who can lead a soul into hidden joys. There are joys that the soul know not of. Joy, you know, we are not educated with joy. We are very dull when it comes to joy. That's why any little thing the world promises to make you joyful, you, you, grow, you go after it like, yeah, I need this. Because we are wretched of, of real joy, but there are joys we know nothing concerning. There are, there are joys beyond the altar. Beyond the, the, I'm talking about the joy which the lamb has found. Joys which the souls of men were meant to. Don't conclude and feel like everything you've experienced is it. They are joys you don't know of. They are joys, they gladness. He said that in the presence of God is fullness of joy. His right hand, what? Uh, pleasures forevermore. Joys and pleasures. They are, they are joys and pleasures of the slain life. When, you are, when they slay you, you allow yourself to be slain. You move into a joy, a place of joy. Praise Jesus. It's not just a place of joy. It's a place of fullness of joy. The reason for fullness of joy is for enjoyment. Do you get what I'm saying? There is joy for enjoyment. Enjoyment is what you use joy to do. It's, another, it's called pleasure. Pleasure is higher than joy. It's when you be, they made you joyful, then start doing joy things. Those things of joy, the, 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 the acts of joy, the, the, the dealings, the, what do joyful beings do? It's called pleasure. That's what arrives at its right hand. You get what I mean? When you move into everlasting life, everything is joy. It's about making it full. You want to fill the joy up. When you are, they are making your joy full, it's capacity for pleasure. The, the joy is to, it's capacity to participate in pleasure. There are some kind of play that can get you angry when you are not joyful. Why are you guys all playing and happy? Why can't you be sad like me? Have you tried to, have you gone close to joyful guys when you don't have joy? 
it offends you. It's like, why? what's there to be joyful about? Why are you guys happy? Why are you playing right now? Why are you, can't you look for something sad to do? <laughs> Praise Jesus. But if you're able to change that guy's mood and give him some joy, he will join the play. Before you know it, he'll be the one jumping in the middle more than everybody else. Are you getting what I'm trying to say? So it means that that deficiency of joy is a, it makes you handicap when it comes to pleasure. You can't participate in pleasure without joy. Joy is an equipment. So the joy of the Lord is your strength. Joy makes you strong for pleasure. So a, a soul that is joyless cannot partake in the pleasures of God. You will not even, you will be annoying you. Why are you guys all doing these things? What's joyful here? Because you don't have the installation of the joy on the inside. Glory to Jesus. So, so what I was saying is that the, the Lamb of God, the Lamb of God is a, is he, you know, in the spirit, he leads a procession. He's a, he's, the Lamb is a leader of men. Not just ordinary men, not ordinary men. He leads Lamb, sheeps and lambs of God. He's leading them somewhere. It's a joy land which he knows, which he, which he found. At some point, in, he, when he leads them, they move into his, the zone of harpers, of songs. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's chapter 14 of Revelation, where they began to hear the voice of harping, harpers harping on their harps. He led them to a point where they are so pick up their song. You get what I mean? They pick their song, right? That, that is actually the lamb. The lamb is, he has inside of him the, the GPS coordinates of joy lands in the spirit. And he's, he's, our, he's our champion, right? Who, he's the one who will lead a procession of men out of the sorrow of the world. He will lead. When you follow the lamb, follow the lamb where he's taking you to. He's too joyful. He's taking you to a, a line. He said, no man know that song except, except those people. Praise God. So, so you see, removing of tears. That removing of tears is the lamb's ministry. To remove tears. He said that he will wipe away what? All tears from their eyes. It's the same nature. That's exact, that's what he did in chapter five when John was crying. He said, I wept much. Why was John weeping? He said there was no man found to open. You see that, that tear was not just because he was sad or was crying. It was a prophetic tears. He said that this, they are trying to tell you what the lamb is an answer to. That, you go on, let's read that place quickly. I know if we can, maybe we'll just close there. Chapter five. Praise God. I wept much, okay. No man in heaven, you see that. And no man in heaven, verse three, um, no man in heaven nor in earth, neither under the earth, was able to open the book, neither to look thereon. And I wept much because no man was found worthy to open 
and to read the book, neither to look thereon. And one of the elders saith unto me, Weep not. Behold the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of the, who is this lion? He that was in turn from the prey. Praise God, who the, has prevailed to open the book. It means that you need a lion to open the book, to lose the seven seals thereof. Praise Jesus. And I beheld and lo, in the midst of the throne and, in the four, and of the four beasts, and in the midst of the elders stood a lamb, as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God, sent forth into all the earth. And he came and took the book out of the right hand of him that sat upon the throne. And when he had taken the book, the four beasts and the four and twenty elders fell down before the lamb, having every one of them harps and golden vials full of odors, which are the prayer of the saints. And they sung a new song, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain and hast redeemed us. You see their song. Thou wast slain and has redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation and has made us unto our God kings and priests and we shall what? Reign on, on the earth. Glory to God. And I beheld and I heard the voice of many angels round about the throne and the beasts and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb that was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. Praise God. Hallelujah. It's clear that this song, the elders sang a song, but it's not their song. They were not redeemed, redeemed to God by his blood out of every kindred and tongue. These are the song of the redeemed. Praise God. So you're seeing the, what the lamb will do is to what he is able to do will wipe tears away from eyes and convert sorrow into a song and into a song of rejoicing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Or what we call it here, this song of redemption. Now, the lamb took, he came to Hidasad and took the book out of his hand. Do you see that? For why did he take the book out of his hand? He took the book for the purpose of revelation. Do you see that? That what the reason for the book is for is for eating and drinking. Right? What he actually came to take is what he will feed men with. What he will do what? Feed men with. It's the, what he took from, that was in the hand of him that sat is, is actually the secret of, because him that sat is the one who raised him. He raised him out of the program which he was holding in his hand. That's actually the wheel. These are the book that in the hand of him that sat is the book of the wheels. 
all the way, right from the chapter six, from verse one, when they began to open the sea, he broke the first sea, then broke the second, the third, kept breaking the seas, opening the whole revelation. It was actually unveiling of wheels. You can take everything that came out of the book and configure them according to the wheels of God. They are aligned, everything in the book, the seals and the book are aligned according to the wheels of God. So actually that book is meat. Amen. Amen. Is a, a, the, the full curriculum of meats, which is the, the full curriculum of wheels. You see, the wheel of Christ is there, and the wheel of God is inside that book. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. And the Lamb has that book, and his ministry as, an, as a high priest. You know, the Lamb is the, is the high priest. Our high priest is a Lamb is the high priest of good things to come. The good things to come are the things which he took out of the hand of him that sat. They are actually news. They are, they are folded as gospels, actually. Praise God. They are folded as what? They are gospel. Both the, the content of the book and the seal of the book, they are package of, of goodness, of news. Do you agree? Which he took out of the hand of him that sat. And he took it for what? It's to minister it. How will he minister it? It's by unsealing it. So he's worthy to take the book and to open it. That opening as he's unsealing the book. Do you know that as when you are receiving good tidings, good tidings is the unsealing of the book. When they are bringing good tidings to you, is the unsealing of what? Of the book. After a while, you unseal the book. After some time, you begin to open the book, what is inside the book. They begin to touch good tidings of good that will publish salvation. Glory to God. You see, all everything, you see, everything he took from the hand of him that sat is what constitutes good. And you must eat it. Because if you don't eat it, that, that, that thing is the secret to being slain as he was. Nobody can be slain without the gospel. The, when you speak about the, the gospel, when you say, come, eat that which is good. You must eat what is good. If you don't eat that which is good, you will miss out on something. What will you miss out on? Everlasting covenant. That is Isaiah 55. And I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even though all the sure mercies. What are the sure mercies of David? The mercies which the lion of the tribe of Judah was able to, to collect. The root of David. Mercies are portioned. The mercies of, of David are mercies of goodness. Why? For he is good and his mercy endureth forever. When you think of mercies at the, it's, uh, you know I'm saying, goodness come out of enduring mercies. Enduring mercies. Enduring mercies is what produce goodness. And God is saying that I want to make an everlasting covenant with you. Praise Jesus. So you see, 
everything that is good, the ministry of good, or the tidings, what you call good tidings, is the unveiling of the, of the secret of sacrifice. The secret to make, to produce a sacrifice, you have to feed the sacrifice. You can't bring a goat that has never eaten. You can't bring a lamb that has not eaten, that is not fat. You must bring the fat, fatness. Do you understand me? The wheel are things that will produce fatness. They want to sacrifice you. They must fatten you. They must make your heart delight itself in fatness. How do you delight yourself in fatness? You might, by eating that which is good. When you, so eating that which is good produces fatness for sacrifice. And then, did you know they actually show that the part you give to God is the fat, really, inside. It means that fat is the, is the good. And in this mountain shall the Lord of hosts make unto all people a feast of fat things. Feast of wine and, and the leaves. Fat things full of what? Full of marrow. Of wines well refined. Verse 7. And he will destroy in this mountain the face of the covering cast of all people and then the veil that is spread over all nations. Verse 8. And he will swallow up death in victory. For the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. And the rebuke of his people shall he take away from of all the earth. And for the Lord hath what? Spoken it. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So you cannot. Amen. Finally, just the last place. Let's open to Romans chapter 12. We'll close from there. Romans 12 verse 1. So you, this is what the Lamb teaches us to do. Um, this is what the sacrifice, the feasting on sacrifices, which is, sorry, feasting on the will of God or, or what you call good things, uh, the ability to eat that which is good is to bring the soul to this place where you are able to do this. So I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present. So how you present is by mercies that came from goodness. Do you see them? So it's very clear that anybody who can do Hebrews 12, Romans 12 verse 1, has done what? Has become fat. Right, they became fat through the provision of sure mercies, right, which is feasting on goodness. These people have, they are product of the shepherding ministry, right? The end of the shepherding ministry is that goodness and mercy will follow you. All the days of your life. 
Right now, I started from verse 1. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He made me to lie down in green pastures. He lead me beside the still waters. So pasture before waters. That will bring restoration. Restore it, my soul. Lead me on the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil for the Lord and me. He prepares a table before me in the presence of my enemy. Anoint my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and what? Mercies shall follow me. Goodness. So you see all those things is to make, when you say goodness and mercies follow me, it means that you have, they've done everything to correct everything that is not good in you. By they fed you with pasture, you've put you beside the still waters. You've come to the waters, you've drank without money, without price. Praise God. See, such a fellow who goodness and mercy follows, such a fellow who has enjoyed goodness and mercy. Amen. Amen. Those sure mercies of David. Who have come to a place of being a token of, or sorry, or being a resting place for the everlasting covenant. You see, he said, such a fellow that who have gone through, who is equipped with mercies, they are able to present their bodies. When they say body, body just means everything, wholeness. Because body, your body is a house. It's a house of, it's, this body here is a, is a house of sacrifice. It's actually a sacrifice. So he's not talking of your outward man. He includes everything, your entire being. You're able to present your bodies a living sacrifice. So what is the qualification of a living sacrifice? There are three things that makes a living sacrifice. First is holy. Means it's separate. Secondly, it's acceptable to God. Means it touch not the unclean thing. Right? And it's now a son and a daughter. And it's been, it touches, it touches not the unclean thing, it's a, and a candidate, which makes him a candidate, which made him or her to become a candidate. Of what? To be a son and a daughter. Holy, acceptable to God. Which is what? Your reasonable service. Then verse 2. And be not conformed to this world, but ye be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove. So this verse 2 is coming down. Right? It's, it's telling you what you need to be from the top. You need to become a living sacrifice. You get what I'm saying? That living sacrifice is holy and acceptable. See, holy acceptable is a, is a place. When you say something is holy and acceptable to God, glory to God, is the qualification that he needed to have to become a living sacrifice. Then verse 2, coming down, if this is your way, your own, your, your own level is, what is below that kind of place is not being conformed to the world, but being transformed by the word renewing of your mind, that you may do what? Prove what is that good and acceptably good and perfectly good will of God. Because 
Everything here is good. Good according to level. There is the will of God that is good, the good will, but it's not good to a point of being accepted. So if you are good, but you are not yet acceptable, go and eat more. Go and find more good to eat. Another way to put it, go and labor more. Not for the meat that perished. Do you understand that? Eat good until you become acceptable. Don't stop eating good. Continue. What is that eating process? It's, it's, a, it's a transformation. It causes it by the transformation by the word. The renewing of your mind. So that you might prove. It means that each of these wills must be proved. Good must be proven. Praise Jesus. Good and what? Acceptable. And then what? Perfect. Perfect will. Glory to God. The Lord wants to. They want to possess us with a kind of spirit. That's just what I sense in my heart. That's the message which I sense in my heart. Is the, the Lord wants to possess us with a kind of spirit. What is the spirit he wants to possess us of? He's the spirit of the perfection of sacrifice. The perfection of... Cain lacked that spirit. Cain felt he would just do it anyhow and bring it to God. It's not sacrifice. We are here, oh God, let's come and take. And God say, yeah, you don't know what you're talking about. Hebrews 11 said, by faith, Abel offered unto God a more perfect sacrifice. A more perfect sacrifice. There are levels to this thing. Say, this guy's own was better. Or we call it a more excellent sacrifice. Sorry. A more excellent. That word excellent means it, it's better. It excels. I wish he obtained witness that he was righteous. Praise Jesus. This is an occupation you, you should take. Jesus took it, perfecting the sacrifice of God. It was getting better, 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 better. There's a righteousness you are doing. You can do it better. Find the better way. Your good can become better. Your better can become perfect. Don't get tired. So do not be weary in well-doing. That one well-doing in doing good, in perfecting of good. Don't say, ah, nobody's doing it. We're only only one. Why, is our, why are the laws of our way of life so strict? Don't get tired. Don't get tired of doing well, of doing good. Not be perfect in well-doing. said, for you will reap if you don't faint. For in due season, Galatians 6 verse 9, let us not be weary in well-doing. For in due season we shall reap if we faint. If we faint not. Do not faint. Do not grow tired. Do not grow weary. Don't get weary of well-doing. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to pray and speak to the Lord. Ask him for, for grace. That it will flood your heart and with grace. So. It will create appetite for good in you. To take that which is your good and make it better. The Lord will possess you with a zeal, a great desire to make your good acceptable. Just speak to the Lord. 
in your heart. Just speak to him. Say, Lord, I am. I no longer want to labor for that which does not satisfy. Help me. I want to hack in diligently. I want to hack in diligently. I want to hear and eat that which is good. No longer time for assumptions and excuses. I will no longer manufacture standards of my own. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Father. Mercy, 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 mercy. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, have mercy on us. Mercy. Have mercy, Lord. Have mercy on us. We pray. We pray for mercy. We ask for mercy. We long for mercy. We desire mercy. More mercy. More mercy. More mercy. Have mercy on our soul. Have mercy. Let goodness and mercy follow us. Surround our soul with goodness. Goodness. Surround us. Our mind, our thoughts, our heart, our meditation. Surround us with goodness. Help us. Remove every strength for things that satisfy not. Create a new appetite, a fresh, fresh desire. That, That supernatural strength to look at the standard. Not to fall in discouragement. Not to lose heart. Not to be weak. But Lord, to be strong. To go after that which is good. To take it. To eat it. Help us. The transformation, the renewal of our mind. We need to call God for us. To align with this, oh God, put it upon every heart. Amen. Let there be a release of grace, supernatural Amen. ability, Amen. possession by Amen. the spirit of goodness Amen. in our heart. Thank you. Thank you. The grace to live effortlessly Amen. by your standard. Not by power, not by might, but by your spirit. Oh, show mercy. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. It is of you that showeth mercy. Thank you, Father. We just respond to you in our prayers. Back to you. Just saying, Lord, Lord, work it out. Work it out. Self-sinful. 
his sovereignty in this God. It's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. It's God. It's you. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Can we try and just get interpretation of that before we go? Even I, I want to make you. I want to make you a living sacrifice. I want to make you a living sacrifice. This is my heartbeat for you. This is my heartbeat for you. This is the cry and the longing of my heart for you. That you be a living sacrifice. That is at rest and that takes its place at its altar. That takes its place at its altar. That is at rest and laying at the altar. I want to make you. I want to make you. I want to make you a living sacrifice. I am showing you what I want to make you into. I have come to show you what I want to make you into and I will help you for to make you to will and to become this. I would help you. I would help you. I would help you to make you and raise you and raise you to become slain at the altar. To make you stay at the altar as the living sacrifice which is acceptable unto me. I have brought you help. 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 Neglect not my help. Hold on to my help. I have brought you up for it is even I who would walk in you both to will and to do of my good pleasure. I am giving you things that would make you worthy and to become a living sacrifice. I have brought you help. I have brought you up. I have brought you up. Either so your delight has not been much in my midst but I have brought you help for to heave up your delight. For to heave up your delight. For to heave up your delight in my things. In my meat. That you would become what I ought and have ordained you to become. A living sacrifice 
sacrifice acceptable unto me for this is what I have ordained you to be and you will be that by my help I have brought you help I have brought you help I have brought you help and you have found mercy in my sight just that verse, that um, Philippians 2, 13, I think. It says, for it is God which worketh in you, both. All right, he's emphasizing both aspects, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Um, we can tend to emphasize sometimes the doing part. I mean, in our inward sense of pleasing God, like, you know, we want to do, you want to do, you want to do things, but sometimes we forget that you, God, there's also a part of an in-walking which God, it, it, it is him, not you, that will work out the willing. You, know, you feel like you are not willing to do some things that, you know, it's not a pure natural will things you need to do. And you wonder, why don't I like doing these good things? The Lord is saying that also turn your faith towards receiving the will to do. And you can pray. Begin to pray for those things you see when you have a revelation. Don't always ask or figure out how to do, how to do. First start by praying for the Lord, walk in me the will to do this. Walk in me. That's the real food that will, that let it enter my heart as a will to do it. Praise God. The Lord, once you begin to live from that place, this thing about God's will becomes more easier because you have, you're in a place where God can easily walk wheels in you. Things that righteousness begin to come naturally because the Lord is walking in your, the place of your will, your desires. Praise God. Said, so if my word abide in you, then you begin to ask what you desire, and it shall be done. Father, we thank you. We give you praise today. Thank you for speaking to us, for ministering to us. Lord Jesus, thank you for, I believe you minister to every heart. Leave no heart untouched. Touch every heart in a unique way, Lord. This is, these are not my, our own things. These are your things. These are things which you did. You know them better than anyone. Minister them with your own skill, with your own words. Lord, let everyone receive the impartation of strength, grace for these things. Thank you, our Father. Return all glory unto you. We give you all the praise. In Jesus' name we pray. Shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim. Shine forth. You dwell between the cherubim.